0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of The Gyms Cast with your host Joel Cleaver, and this is episode 15 of the hashtag Facebook Live weekly Q&As we do with the CEO and the founder of The Gyms Group, Jim Penman. And this was a, this was a really monumental episode, because this is the first time we actually had a guest on. So if people who watch now would obviously uh, see that we have a guest on every week, but it wasn't always that case, it just was Jim and I. and We had an idea to mix up the dynamic a bit, and thankfully um, Stuart Rainbow, who was a Gyms Mowing regional franchise always has got a lot of franchisees, was kind enough to come on and sort of be our guinea pig and he came on for around twenty minutes and those who watch watching now, now know that our guest stays on for the whole show but at the start we just wanted to test it a bit and um, it was great you know the numbers stayed really strong I think they went up a bit when Stuart came on and it's great having another opinion as well you know um, having someone to counter to balance with Jim and sort of they can talk about different things in a live platform is really really good and Stuart can have the franchisees and he's also got a franchisor's perspective on things as well, which definitely provide a good balance to Jim. So you can also check that out on our YouTube channel and all the live videos are in our Facebook page as well. And obviously we have Instagram and all that sort of stuff. So make sure you give us a follow. Jim also has all that sort of stuff and that's at the Jim Penman. Um, just letting you know what's happening in gyms this week. We're gonna release a day in the life of Jim. So Jake and Ben, our content creators internally, we, we follow Jim around from 7 a.m. until around after the hashtag, asked Jim, which is at 8:30 that night, and just filmed everything. So it's around a 45-minute video clip in total, and we're going to premiere that on the Facebook page and put it on YouTube. And then after that, we're going to release uh, little stages of the day, so it's a bit more manageable. So you don't have to watch the whole thing. Um, from from watching, it, you'll see how authentic and real it is. It was not scripted in any way. And from knowing Jim in for eight and a half years, uh, it's definitely is a true representation of his day. That's what he does. Um, nothing was set up. Um, we just basically followed him around and. Got Jim to talk through his day and his thoughts on various things and you might find some things that are very interesting or that you didn't know about Jim. But um, definitely check that out, it's a really cool bit of content. And also what's happening, we've done a day in the life with uh, Jim's Mowing franchisee. And it's something we hope to roll out with our other 50 plus services as we go. But um, we wanted to do uh, the test one first and Matt Thorpe and Des Warren were really kind to um, have us out there for the day with them. Uh, Matt organised it so he only had I think seven jobs on that day which was great. So he could just talk to us about everything, and you know, I think I think with authentic content, the sort of stuff we want to do is, um, you know, we don't have everything be a sales pitch. We just want to capture it, and then people can make their decisions. So Matt was great. Matt, Matt was awesome. I'd literally just ask Matt a bunch of questions, and he would give me an honest answer. And we're going to keep a lot of that authenticity and those real answers in there. Not going to be filtered in any way. But we'll keep an eye on the Facebook page and YouTube channel for that. I think it's great content. So you can watch Ask Jim live every Wednesday at seven o'clock. Australian Eastern Standard Time via the Gyms Group Facebook page, and, and if you're listening to this, I really do hope you have a great week, and we'll release two more episodes at the same time next week. So until then, have a great one. Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of Facebook Live Q&A, hashtag Ask Jim. We're up to episode 15, can you believe it?
1: Um, they're still watching.
0: They're still watching and I, I thought I was gonna get fired after the first one, so we're still here fourteen weeks later, which is good.
1: Yeah, I thought
0: you were too. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So we're still going, which is good. Um if it's your first time watching the Q and A, uh we welcome you aboard. Um basically in this, ask us anything you would like at all. We do have business questions, but as you know, Jim likes a bit more of the offbeat questions. Yeah. And I usually
1: I usually give my pride to somebody who asks uh, a non-business question, it's a bit more
0: fun. That's correct, yeah. People who put a lot of thought into their questions, so we do appreciate our business, but it's generally something a bit different, which Jim does like, and that's generally what gets the book. So we'll just show them there. Two books on offer for the favourite question or comment of Jim. That one there, which, the one Jim Will Award, and I'll probably give that one, I generally give mine to more of the business one, and Jim goes for the one that's a bit more off-centre. So he loves history, science, he loves Mr. Burns, and if anyone watched the preview, Hank Scorpio as well um, from The Simpsons. So... Tonight we are cross-posting on various platforms, so thank you to the divisionals who allowed us to do that. Um, I know diggers and building inspections, so welcome to those guys, dog wash, cleaning, mowing, and the various pages, welcome. If you leave a comment or question in those pages, we can't see them because of the cross-posting and due to the way Facebook works, so head over to the Gyms Group page, leave your comment in there, and I can see it and hopefully get to it. We had a lot of questions and comments left on the other pages last week, we had around, we've got around 15 here lined up from last week, so we'll try and fly through as many as we can, and if you do leave them here tonight. I'll try and get to him as much as possible. And we have a special guest coming on. We later. do. And I've got it written down here. So special guest, we do. Um, I won't tell you too much about him. He'll come on around 7.40, 7.45. He is uh, accelerated very quickly. I think he's been in total of four years in his gym's journey. But he's gone from franchisee to having 60 franchisees underneath him as a franchisor within the space of four years. And do well. And he's doing really, really well. And that's a great um, story as well. So we'll get him in around then. And a bit of history as well. I didn't know before he was telling me with um, laser tag. So we'll get a bit more into that as well, which is quite interesting because we've got a lot of questions to run through tonight. So Tony Greg last week, he's a gym's Building Inspection uh, guy in New Zealand, he's a really good man. He goes, hey team, I had a call from a local building inspections uh, competitor asking if I could service one of his inspections as he forgot he was flying out the day he booked it. Unfortunately, I couldn't help him out during to being booked out myself. I'm humbled that he reached out and actually he wants to get together and talk about what I'm actually doing differently. What are your thoughts on sharing my story, on our story with the competition? I tell tell
1: anybody everything. We have no secrets in gyms whatsoever. Anybody who wants to. I've actually had people I've talked to who want to get going in franchising and I said, well, why don't you come and do all of our complete course, no obligation, nothing, and just learn everything we've got to do just for the cost of the course, which is a few hundred bucks, and you can go and do it yourself. So I I never hide anything from anybody. But I'm, I'm pretty cunning though, because I do know that when somebody comes and does our course, they can look at it and say, Jeep, as these guys know what they're talking about. So <laughs> yeah, it's, that's always very encouraged on the um, every yeah. live feedback. But we well, if, you look, at, if you look at the books, like this book here, I put everything in there. And, and we don't hide anything. Because in general, I find that helps you, because you tell people everything about what you do, and some of them may go and copy you, but they're always, they're always behind. But a lot of people look at it and they say, wow, this is impressive.
0: And that's why we do this as well, is because we're not hiding anything. So yeah. it's a live, transparent environment if you want to jump on anytime you can and ask him a question. So the next one last week from was from Marty York, and he says, if I was to buy a mowing franchise but wanted to do test and tagging and general maintenance, can I do it all? Or do I have to buy other franchises as well? You don't you can do anything you wish as a franchisee. You can
1: do test and tagging. But <laughs> the only thing is don't, don't get your clients upset because if mm. you go and do test and tagging and you don't know what you're doing and you burn their house down, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> if you want to take test and tag leads from gyms, that's a very different issue. So if there was unserviced test and tag leads, you'd have to be actually certified by the test and tag division. So that's yeah. a different issue. But what you do yourself is no problems. We had one franchisee in building inspections who actually was a builder. And, and the trouble was he wasn't a very good builder. We had all kinds of problems
0: and complaints about it. So in the end, that caused a lot of trouble. And, uh, you know, we parted company with them. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a really good point. And we do have a lot of cross-divisional. We call it cross-divisional internally. As long as they're qualified to do it, I don't think there's much. You've
1: also got to be careful what insurance you have too. Yes. Just because you're insured to do one job doesn't mean to say you're insured to do another job. So if you're a cleaner, you could probably be insured to, to clean windows. But, you know, not necessarily to um, uh, mow lawns or something like that because they're different jobs and they have different insurance. So it's, it's important to have public risk cover for all the jobs that you're doing.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And, um,
1: but, but you certainly don't need to buy two franchises. Yes, no, definitely very not. Very few people in gyms own more than one franchise because generally speaking, they have as much work as they can handle in the, one, in the one franchise.
0: So we've got a few people tuning in now. So just one of the questions that come via the other pages was from Joseph Hupp, and he's gone, Hi, Jim, what is your advice for someone who is planning to start a business? It's a very generic question, but what would you do if you were to start again and you were starting a business, what would you do differently?
1: Uh, <laughs> well, actually, realistically, what I'd do is come and I'd, I'd raid the gyms group training and find out how they do it. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I do that all the time, I, I research, I'm always reading or listening to talking books about business. I want to know what other people have done. And, and so I'd find that everything I possibly could. But I think doing a training course with one of the, your competitors is probably a great idea. Um, once again, I'm, I'm being precious about it. I do think mm. that if you did our course, you'd probably be impressed enough to quite likely want to buy from us. <laughs> but, but all the same, um, research it. The way I used to sell lawn mowing grounds in, in, in the early days was before the franchise, I used to actually tell people about how to run or even build their own business. So I, even, I had a little brochure that said how to buy or build your mowing business. And somebody came to talk to me and I gave them that. And it was, it was genuinely the best advice I could. And I would advise them on how to go about it and what to do. And some of them, you know, took that advice and went and did it. But more people just actually used to buy from me because I showed my credibility.
0: Yeah, by being authentic and transparent and actually yeah. not. Yeah,
1: but, but success in business, um, it's not that difficult, really. If you getting getting started in the beginning can be hard. But the, the basic thing is you've got to be passionate about your customers and you've always got to be changing what you do. So looking at uh, whatever I'm doing now, how can I do it better? How can I do it faster? If a customer is unhappy, why are they unhappy? What can I do to solve that so it doesn't happen again? Just keep on improving what you do and you can start with anywhere and you can get anywhere.
0: It's a good device there and that's a really good little question to um, kick things off. So someone called Winky goes, who's the blow-up guy behind you? And I think he's referring to the the big gym, which I think we stole from Stuart's office, but I think there's a couple of them running around. One of them sits in the lecture theatre in training, and one of them's in Stuart's office, who's coming on later tonight. I
1: don't even know who did those, actually.
0: No, we're trying to find it out, because we'd love to... um, actually produce them at a, maybe yeah, a smaller thought, level thought, or something like that.
1: Yeah, garden gnomes We have the garden gym instead. We a garden gym, exactly down, right. Yeah. So if
0: anyone knows anyone, definitely feel free to leave your details here. So there's a few people tuning in now, so welcome in to everyone. We've got 66 people up the live feed at the moment, which is great. So I'll just run through some of the comments that have been left in here. So Caleb's tuned in, said, nice setup and graphics, you guys. Thanks for that. Josh is tuning in again. Hi, Jim and Joel. Josh is down in Tassie. Ismet's tuned in. Good evening, Josh. Josh. Very embarrassing. Josh. What's happened? It's, it's
1: pronounced Josh, and you think it's Josh, but so that's just yeah. a lady. It is a lady, yes. yes. And so I, I made up mistake of putting she, and she corrected me. So I,
0: know, <laughs> I know now that Josh is is a woman. So. That's it. One of our Tasmanian franchisors. I think she moved from she New South Wales to Tasmania Tassie. And does clean, right, yeah. Yeah. So, so, is <laughs> in I Sorry about that. Ismet's tuned in. Ismet tunes in all the time. Welcome to Ismet. David's gone. This is awesome, Jim and Joel. Thanks, Dave, for that nice comment. Dale's gone. Yeah, Khan, Jim. So that's a good thing. Jim's meanings tuned in again. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And we've got Grant. Grant here has gone with a question. So let's read this one out. Hi guys, I'm only pretty recently new to all these live feeds, and this question has probably been asked a thousand times. I would like to know what it was that inspired you to start the Jim's franchises. Well, it wasn't so much
1: inspiration as desperation. <laughs> I was, I was building up and selling lawnmowing guys. Had a nice little business. Got myself out of debt. know, yeah, managed to buy a house. Um, and then I was happy to keep on going in that little business and then VIP came in from Adelaide. And this, yeah. is, this is a franchise, they had 250 franchisees and they terrified me. I tried to join with them. I actually said to them, hey I'll just help to build up VIP in really? Melbourne okay. and, and, uh, and they said no thanks. So I thought, well look, if I don't try and compete with these guys, they'll, they'll kill me. That oh. was my motivation. Right. But th- the thing is too, I had to thought about franchising but what I couldn't see at the time was the benefit to the franchisee. I could I could see why they want me to build their business, but what I couldn't see is why they want to keep on paying me fees once their business was built. And the VIP sort of show, hey, there was there was some point to it. You know, you have regular meetings and you have, you know, you can look after each other if somebody breaks a leg or something, which is important here. are mowing lawns and you break a leg, you're off for six weeks, your client base is gone. Mm. So I could see the benefits, but then I thought, okay, but I reckon I can I can make something that'll work even better for my franchisees. So that was that was all there was. And at that time, I just somebody asked me how many franchisees I might have one day, and I said it's maybe if it goes well, hundred. So I had no idea what I was doing. I was just just trying to resist a, a, a major competitor.
0: So good, good. That's a good question. <laughs> thanks you know, to them, that's yeah. a good one, Grant. I, and even the stuff about the VIP stuff, you know, that's something that a lot of people might not know. So. Mm. We'll run down here. So, Jim's meme's gone. You're almost done The Stepmates podcast. Rest in peace, Stepmates podcast. They're the ones who done that video back in the day. Grant's actually gone for a follow up question How can I purchase Jim's books? Well, Amazon. Amazon's got them. Jim's.net, there's a Meet Jim section which has this one as a downloadable audiobook and PDF as well. Yeah, that, that's that's, yep. that's the one you can get for free. So, head to Jim's.net and go to the Meet Jim tab. You'll get that one for free as an audiobook or downloadable. And that one there is uh, via Amazon or Booktopia, that one there. And you can get that one. Um, Dale Price has gone, Jim for PM. What did you think about the election, actually? Were you surprised by the result? Yes, That's my question. I was. You uh, were? Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. was surprised. Yeah.
1: I was stunned. My wife actually woke me up in, in the like two in the morning because I hadn't bothered to watch the election. It was all, it was all over, you know. Mm. I, knew, I knew for a year ago that Labor was going to romp it in. Yeah. So then she woke me up at, so at 3 in the morning, and she was looking at these Chinese sites, and she said, oh, the Liberals win the election. I said, no, they must have misunderstood. <laughs> but, uh, Chinese, they, they couldn't know what's going on, really. Yeah. But then we just looking, you know, got up and looked at it. Uh, they won. Who, who, who would know? Who would know it? I was pretty pleased. I mean, I was delighted. It's probably not good for Jim's group, though. We really need a big bad recession <laughs> to have a lot of unemployed bank managers and stuff, and, yeah. and buy franchises from us. But exactly still. right. Because
0: that funds onto a question I want to lead into from Sean Daly last week. He says, "Wouldn't a recession be bad for Jim's, as everyone would hold their dollars and wouldn't spend too much?"
1: Yeah, but the trouble is with that is that we've one in four of our leads are unserviced. We had a hundred and eighty thousand unserviced leads last year. We cannot. It's the franchisees we're short of, not the clients. Most of our franchisees are completely flat out. So. Uh, we really, the best, the best time we ever had was back in the Keating recession, back in the 90s. We grew by 40% from 1,000 to 1,400 franchises in one year. Last year, we've grown 1%, which is terrible. It's the worst growth ever, but the economy is too good. Hmm. We need incompetent government <laughs> in this country. You need an
0: incompetent Bill Short in the coming and read Well look form. what
1: happened when the Liberals got in. Immediately the, the, the stock market goes up, and, <laughs> it skyrockets up and the and the um gonna come down. I mean this is this is bad
0: news for Jews. <laughs> exactly. People, right. people are hanging around yeah. all
1: these high paying jobs, they're not they're not getting thrown out of work and coming <laughs> to us.
0: <laughs> we've got to wait boys, another three, four years we've got to wait got to wait.
1: Yeah, I really, if, I, if I looked at my economic sense, I, I would I would I would be out there knocking on doors for the Labour Party.
0: <laughs> Even more for the Greens. Have the economy tank. Yeah. You might be a Labour booster next year. We'll see how you go. Or a Greens one. <laughs> so I'll run down a few people. There's around 60 people tuning in, which is great. Um, give us a like, comment, share, let us know you're here. Hadar's tuned in again. Now Hadar, we've done a great interview out at Jim's Cleaning yesterday. We've done yeah, four or we- five hours of interviews with Hadar, Ali and Bill as well. And had a look at their offices. They've got a really nice team. Great team out there. So I'm looking forward to having that released in two weeks, which would be awesome. Hadar's a gun with this team as well. And we're going to go through all of our divisions. Because yes. we've got
1: this, this, this great um, yes. video guy who's, who's just producer. sitting over there, who's being our, exactly right. our
0: producer. Exactly right. Jake's He's going to do there. all these great videos of so we, all of our divisions. So we're doing long-form interviews, and we did all of cleaning yesterday, and I think it'll be really cool. Matt Sheldon's tuned in again. Hey, Matt. Nelly's tuned in. Hi, Nelly. I don't think from, uh, I think, bookkeeping you are. We got, who else have we got there here? Jason Pollock, hi Jim and Joel, congratulations on the 15 fly video. Thanks for that. Alex has tuned in. Now I'll pull over to some of the questions from the other pages over here. So let me just give me open this up. So Belinda Hadley says hi from Jim's dog Wash, Up in northern Queensland, which is great. A lot better weather up there than down here. Vinnie Gibbs gone why? Hey, what do you mean? What's wrong with our weather? Not good. It's there too cold. is
1: nothing it's too wrong cold. with Queensland that wouldn't be fixed by moving it a thousand Ks closer to the South Pole. <laughs>
0: All that muggy heat, you've got to be joking. No. We've got beautiful weather in Melbourne. Beautiful weather. No, not my liking, not my liking, Jim. I like wearing a t shirt you all year round. Your Vinnie Gibby goes, Why did you close up Bayswater welding and fiberglass? It's not closed. It's not closed. Yeah.
1: Actually, what happens? To my wife took over. She's a lot smarter at business than I am. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Was,
1: we were losing <laughs> we were losing money for two years, yeah. and Lee moves in, who knows nothing about fiberglass
0: or anything else, and she makes it profitable within six weeks. So it's up and running. So if you just Google um Bayswater Bayswater Trailers, I think it's called now, is it? Bayswater yeah. Bayswater Trailers. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, don't, yeah, don't I think called.
0: it's Bayswater Trailers, Vinny. So if you um punch it into Google, it'll come up for your Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Michael batabalani has gone here, what is, what are you, this is actually not a bad question, he goes, what, what do you think of VIP? My mate's starting one. Starting a, fran- a, starting franchisee. a VIP franchisee, franchisee, yeah. Yeah,
1: look, VIP's actually a decent sort of system. i got a lot of respect for Bill Viss. Um you keep, you keep in contact with Bill still? I do, yeah, we be, we've know. been in contact. We're talking about swapping yeah. surplus jobs because we have so much surplus work that I contacted him a few yes. weeks back and said, Bill, would you like to take some of our surplus work and you give us ours? So you feed outfit, you know we we'll give work we can't handle to you, and you give work you can't handle to us. Mm. So we help each other. That was the idea. So we're actually doing the IT for it. Now Bill's a good guy. Bill's a good guy. I've not heard anything bad about him. There's some really shocking franchises in Australia, but VIP is not.
0: Yeah, you don't really see much bad press about him at all. I've never seen much, no, too much at all. No, I,
1: I, think, I think he's, he's an he's a ethical guy. Um, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm good luck to you. I mean, I, I'd like to... <laughs> I would rather have you come with us. We're still competitors, but I, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to know why he went with VIP. But
0: <laughs> all the same, uh, I've I got a lot of respect for them. So there you go, Michael. Nice transparency and honesty there from Jim. And he says if he likes them, go for it. So Billy Cook's gone. I can't wait for diggers. I want in. Diggers is up and running. So you can do Jim's diggers straight yeah, away if you yeah. want. So one three one five four six will go to the website or even on Facebook. Bill Cobbanogly's gone. Hey, so hey Bill. Bill's a nice guy. We gave we, we gave Bill a little interview yesterday. So looking forward to that one. He didn't want to do it, but Bill was great. We um, yeah, twisted his arm. Yeah, uh, we twisted his arm. He's a good talker. He's a good he's a good actor in front of camera. Bill, he was good. Ali's uh, gone. Hey, what's your? This is a different one. I don't know if you might know anything about this, but I'll ask you anyway. He's gone. What's your view on BSL, breed specific legislation for dog wash? What? Breed specific legislation. That's the question. What's your view on breed specific legislation? Maybe give us some more detail on that one. We don't really know. I, know, I have it's, no idea what no that, idea. that means actually. Yeah. So that's um, something we probably don't know about. But put a bit more detail, then we can ask it directly. we will get it back to some questions here. So Renee, Renee from last week. She actually messaged your page, which is the Jim Penman. She's gone. Hello, Jim. Renee here from Little Old New Zealand. I would like to know how to build clientele and is and is it good to be firm with people? And should I ask the customer to pay before I do their lawns and gardens? So multi-prong question there. So you're talking about starting out as an, as an independent. Yeah, she's as an independent, so she's saying, how do I build a clientele? And is it good to be firm with people? And should should she ask them to? to pay before she actually does the service for them.
1: Okay, well there's a lot of questions. How do you no. build a clientele? Um, one thing we do in gyms is we actually have people go out and offer free services as a, as a demo. So you go and you find somebody, friend, relative, neighbour, anybody you know and say, can I do your lawns or whatever for nothing? To f- just, just, just to l- show myself, okay? When you start giving people jobs, what we actually do in gyms is we, we, we pay them to do that. So that gives them an income at the beginning. But it's actually a very effective way of building your business. Of course, there's, there's normal marketing methods like, um, you know, you, you've got to have a, um, get a web page done, yeah. um, social media, get a Google AdWords. Local, local Google Ads are quite good too, so you get into that one. Um, when you're asking about, no, don't ask people to pay in advance because it gets very suspicious, they don't know who you are. What you do is you, you do the job and then you ask for the money. The point of it is 99% of clients are pretty decent. I had very few bad debts in when I was mowing lawns, and I did that 15 years. You know, maybe 1% you know, bad debt, something like that. Very, very little. So definitely don't ask money up front. And um, just do great service, really. Just do incredible service. The idea is you've got to amaze your clients. Make them really, really happy, delighted. I keep on saying it, I'm like a broken record, oh. aren't I? But it's the secret of everything. It's the secret of business, it's the secret of franchising. It's, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you want, what you want is your clients to be saying, wow, that is amazing, that is fantastic. Little simple things like, you know, what the easiest way to amaze a client is just simply return their call cool fast. When, when we get a, a, um, a lead going to a franchisee, if they ring back really, really quickly, almost where the client says, puts their phone down, it rings and there's the franchisee on the phone, they're so impressed and the conversion rate is sky high. So it's that. And then, and then obviously you turn up when you say you will. Give a couple of hours leeway. Ask what they're going to do. Give a reasonable price. Don't be cheap. No need to be cheap. Um, if you give great service, you don't need to charge too little. And then just do an amazing job and make sure the client is completely happy and have high standards yourself. You shouldn't need the client to tell you the job is good. You should know it's good. I had, one, uh, I had one customer, one franchise today who was getting complaints about quality of work. And he said, well, the customer wasn't there for me to check on them. And I said, well, you shouldn't need the customer. Look, you should know what's Mm -hmm. a great job. And he's had about three complaints, similar kind of things about jobs not quite right, just in recent times. And I said, you've got to raise your standards. You've got to get to the stage where the client... All all I ever used to do with my clients, I would show them the job, but not to check it was good because I knew it was brilliant. Just so I could be proud.
0: They could have a look at it and they oh, wow, that's fantastic. Mm. So, there you go, Renee. That's some great business advice from the man himself to start it. Grab a copy of this book. Yeah, that's that's for free. That's
1: basically free. You can get a free download. Read that. And it's all in there. It's all in there, Renee. And that's somebody who started mowing lawns with no money, deeply in debt, 24 bucks. So, that's
0: all my secrets, all there. There you go, Renee. Thanks for that question as well. So, James Maming has gone, I'll see if I know anyone. Very clever. Linton's gone, which division has the most unserviced leads? Uh, proportionally speaking, fencing. Fencing proportionally. Yeah. Oh, we got Was it 60%? It's about, it's about 60% on service.
1: Yeah. Handyman's also pretty bad. Mowing certain times of the year is pretty bad. Um, fencing is the worst. Yes. yes. Oh, we could other divisions like roofing and stuff. cheapest we could do with roofing, roofing people.
0: Yeah.
1: What are the, usually, the jobs that are very hard and physical tend to be the ones we struggle most to get people to do. They're actually, to my mind, the most the most lucrative. The more, the more soft and, and white-collarish it is, the, the harder it is to find work. Mm. And the more physical and, and tough it is, the, the easier it
0: is to find work. That's my experience. That's very true. Uh, Matt Bally here has gone, G'day, Jim. You need Jim's pool care to come to Geelong. Melbourne will make a killing. We do have Jim's pool care, I, I presume, in Geelong. Mm. I definitely know we would. Don't, don't we? Yeah, we would. Definitely would, Matt. So um, there's definitely there if there's something you're interested in. The trouble and is we're in a lot of places. but We can't always provide the service. That's yeah, the problem. that cause might cause be we the case with that one. one. Enough franchisees to do them. So Sharon DeLeon on here is done with a good question. I met Sharon yesterday, she's a lovely lady at Jim's Cleaning. She's gone, Hi Jim and Joel, can't stay long tonight, but I'll still watch the whole video later. But as Jim is a history buff, I wanted to ask the following question Church, Churchill or Roosevelt? Oh, Churchill. Churchill was
1: amazing. I, I'm a huge fan of Churchill. I just finished reading his latest, latest biography. I can't, it's called The Last Lion, I think, which is a fantastic, actually, when I say reading, listening to, he was an amazing man. I mean, what, what Churchill faced in in 1940, you look back and, and, you know, we won. Let's face it, we won. But at that time, it didn't look like that. He had the whole of Europe either on his side or completely conquered. He was, he was just, and, and, and Britain was by itself. And he expected, Hitler expected um, England to um, give in. The Americans were neutral. They weren't going to join in. It was incredible odds. The Battle of Britain and stuff, it was so close. And, and just, and, and I think, seriously, if Churchill had had an accident and had died up to that stage, quite likely that, that would have, the, the British would have made peace. There wasn't a lot of backbone and he, and he was the, one of the greatest orators ever. You know, we shall fight them in the beaches. That's an amazing thing. It still makes me so emotional just to hear that speech. What an amazing guy he was. That's love a great Church. question. That's love,
0: a, love Churchill. Great question, Sharon. You can see the types of questions <laughs> you should be as, asking, guys, for the books. So G. Casey's tuning in there and said, Hi, Jim and Joel from Georgine and Leon in Brisbane. So a lot of Queenslanders tuning in tonight, which is great. If you are watching, give us a like, comment, share, question. I'll try and get to as many as we can. Let us know you're here. We do appreciate the support. We'll get to one question here left last week. Jacqueline Taylor went, I would like to know, uh, I would like Jim to let us know, what was the funniest franchise idea he's ever been pitched? Because people would obviously pitch you stuff sometimes. What's the funniest one you've ever been pitched? (laughs) I don't know how funny
1: you'd... Most most sensible divisions are, are, are reasonably. I can't say I've ever packed myself laughing. The funniest one I've ever been shown is Jim's Hitman. I loved that one. <laughs>
0: but that, that, was actually that was a shirt at a conference, wasn't that it? That was that yeah. was
1: that was a competition at the conference, yeah. and they had these, these white white. It was really well done with these white uh, windshields with little black gun in it, and it was uh, something about <laughs> like, we plug 'em for you or something like that. So that that was That's a good sure. one.
0: Yeah, I like that one. There you go. We get we do get a lot of people saying, "Oh, I've got an idea for a division." But um, people think that they come. Here's as a question idea.
1: for you. This Which is one? Grant says, Joel. What
0: inspired you to become involved with Jim's? I'll, I'll say what Jim said before. Desperation. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I moved up from um, I moved up from the country, and I had a mate I had a mate who was working two days a week as a law clerk, and he was moving back to Warrnambool. So I said I needed a job. He says I'll just call Jim's. They're always looking for people. So I called three times. I then end up doing two days a week as a in the legal and documents team, and here I am so nothing that nothing inspired me at all it was desperation being a poor uni student and um sick of being meagering and but the good yeah. the good thing
1: about jim's it's it's small enough so the talent shows because 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 joel started working in the documents and then he went to help um yadron in insurance yes. but knowing nothing about insurance I no idea. and i used to just wander in there all the time and joel had all these great ideas about, about marketing and websites and this kind of stuff too so i thought this 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 bloke's got something so later on when we needed a, a bigger role at national office, He's moved into it, so he's now kind of like uh, one of the top people in the company,
0: and, and uh, a big part of our growth. It's been good. It's been interesting. If you asked me that many years ago, if I'd be doing this, I'd be. I would have no idea. So. What's well, a bit like me starting doing gardening as a student job, isn't it? You don't know exactly where right. things will lead to. Exactly right. I think the main thing is give it a go. Mm. So especially the new tasks, especially being thrown into different areas where you've got no idea, you just give it a hundred percent, and then. Um, you learn a lot of new skills and away you go the good, the good yeah. thing about a small company is
1: that is that you don't get overlooked that's true you know we're one of our we've had peop- um, girls come from the call center and yeah. and you know one of them is just <laughs> she's appointed one of our divisional managers in, within gyms unfortunately she's just decided to quit and go overseas but uh, yeah so we've gone to the call centre and said,
0: who do you who have you got who can replace this wonderful a <laughs> uh, wonderful hannah but yeah, we keep writing their staff That we won't be too happy with this but um
1: no, they don't. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a. It's a. It's a. Uh,
0: gives them some sort of sense of progress. It, it means that the call centre's not a dead end job. So Jill's wonderful that way. Yeah, definitely. We've got another question here. Thanks for that question. Um, Brennan's gone here. How do you think Jim's Diggers would go in a town like Nowra South Coast in New South Wales? Depends on the population, I guess. Yeah. Really? I think talk to the franchise or and see what unservice works there is as well. So you've yes. got a bit of an education. Um, you can ask around. And I'll, so that's not a bad one. Just 131546, go to the Jim Diggers website and lodge an inquiry. Just talk to the regional franchisor mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll give you the one that's in the area. And that's we, the We give a list learn. of every unserviced lead. Yes. So if somebody wants to, like somebody inquires about a
1: franchise, how much work is there? So I just shoot them the unserviced leads list for the last two months, say. So this is what we've got
0: available. I did that just um, yesterday. Yeah. Somebody, somebody inquired about how much work. So I showed them. He says there's around 35,000 people in now. That's what he says 35,000 people. People. Yeah population of Narrow South. Yeah, that's
1: yeah, that's about what, ten thousand households. I'm not sure exactly how they would go, would there be enough? I mean are there towns nearby that you could go to as well?
0: Yeah, that's probably that's probably the thing the towns nearby next to Narrow South or wherever mm-hmm. it is. Um I'd be
1: I'd be careful about, about just trying to do a business out of a out of a, a town with ten thousand households. I think that'd be a little bit um dicey. If it was something like cleaning or mowing it, it'd be different. But yes. Diggers is is more of a
0: challenge yeah uh, thanks for that question that's a really good one um now a nice question here from hayden Niles gone when can we see goblitz working properly everyone is sick of high pages uh, <laughs> so
1: yes well we we we're still only giving away a fraction of our unservice leads yet we're still trying to sign up um contractors, contractors. Yeah. the problem we have is that it's very hard to get people who do the same quality of work as our franchisees so and look, we're not happy with some of our franchisees that's for sure but there's like two and a half times more likely to get a poor rating from independent as from one of our guys. Yep. So it's kind of, we need more contractors, but we want the good ones. We, we don't want the people who just don't bother to turn up or do lousy work, because it doesn't help us at all.
0: That's definitely been a problem, and you do see the, s- the difference in the star rating, as you said. There's a massive difference at the moment, so. Yeah.
1: yeah, our guys are, you know, far less likely to get a bad comment. but Still, some of them do, but... Uh, yeah, it's very discouraging. I go through the complaints every day, and I look at this, and I see the Go Blitz ones in there. It didn't ring them back, and yeah. you know, this kind of stuff, and it just bugs me. We'll give them a bit of a chance, but we're going to kick a lot off too, which is hard. We, we just have, we've got to have we've got to have service.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. But um, it's going there. So if you want to register, anyone wants to register, you can go to that site. Actually, it's
1: being drop. renamed as Gym's Plus. For those who mm. haven't heard, so surely we'll have. Uh, yeah. We'd like to get to the stage where there's enough money coming in from the independents buying the surplus jobs so that we can start promoting the thing, giving our franchisees more. That's the idea of the yeah.
0: whole thing. That's definitely a good point. Uh, thanks for everyone tuning in. Don't be shy. Leave us a question, comment. Uh, we appreciate any like or share you give us as well. Helps us with the engagement. Now, I'll keep running down some questions here real quickly, and uh, we're going to bring Stuart Rainbow on in around 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes as well. So if you've got a question for someone who's been, a, who's actually currently been a franchisor, which means they have franchisees or front a franchisee himself leave them down here now and we can also ask stuart who's actively doing it so Stephen gambrellas via the skip bins page last week went hi guys i'm i'm a franchisee from the gold coast i enjoy it but it does get a bit tough as it is about price with the skip bins so he's saying mm-hmm. for his particular service it's only about price what kind of advice can you maybe give for Stephen? it's not
1: only about price at all uh, but price does issue probably because it's, it's a such a defined job so it can be an issue but I don't think our guys, I know a number of the guys here, they, they don't compete hard on price. They compete on service. It's things like dropping it off, picking it up when it, you should, those kind of things. Building a relationship. One of the things y- you do with skip bins, obviously, is you've got to approach people. Whenever you pass by a builder or yeah, anybody yeah. else, you stop, have a chat, give you a card. If you can build a good relationship on the ongoing, this there's actually quite a few of the skip bin guys don't even take much work from the office anymore because yeah. they've got so much work themselves through their repeat clients. And the and the and the key to that is, is is service. And if we deal with people here or anywhere, we don't just get the cheapest price. We want someone to clean the office, for example. We don't just want somebody who's gonna, you know, come and do it real cheap. We want someone to do it well. So I, I don't be too disheartened about it. Just keep on trying. Give fantastic service. I don't like people say I actually had experience once where a, a handyman franchisee was saying that I you know, he, he, everybody's out competing him and he's only getting like one lead in four. So I asked him what he was charging and then I rang up two guys, just at random from his own area, and I asked them what they were charging and it was very similar. In both cases they were getting three quarters of their leads converted into jobs. Right. So I said it's not the pricing, they're, not, they're charging the same as you, but they're getting most of them. So what are you doing different? Mm. How quickly
0: do you get back to clients?
1: That makes a huge difference. How fast do you return a phone call?
0: Seems like a basic thing, but that's something that obviously does really work. As you know from um, some franchisees who jump on here, like Shane. Shane, I remember, and he makes a game of how quickly you can call them back. And he was doing like eighty-five
1: percent conversion. This is the guy who turned over four thousand nine hundred dollars in his first week. Yeah, <laughs> the guy. I mean, it's not. That's not typical, of course. Yeah. But that attitude of making it a game to see how fast you go, wowing the client with service. We, we don't like cheap. We don't like people charging cheap, we push it very hard, great service, wow them with service, we'll push really, really hard on service, but try not to compete on price. Now, in the beginning, when you're a bit short of work, okay, be reasonable. But the busier you get, the more you can afford to charge. That's, that's the view.
0: Yeah, I think by once he gets that client as well, turn my Mac into a regular. I don't know those mm-hmm. little things after you make him a client. You can do little other things, you know? Yeah. Give him free business cards. You maybe even give him a gift or something. You don't know, like maybe just keep them in your system somehow. I was,
1: I was talking to one of the cleaning guys, actually, and he was um, complaining about lack of work and not getting repeats and stuff. And I checked on his surveys, and one of the things he was getting a lot of price not right. price. Right. So, he was actually, people were saying things like he's charging double what the other guy did and this kind of stuff too. And I said, well, if you are plentiful work, then charge a lot. But if you're quiet for work, then think about moderating your prices. And if you're not getting the hourly rate that you think you should by charging a lower price, then try and work on your efficiency. Yeah. Because if you're inefficient, you're going to have to charge a high price just to get you a decent hourly rate. But if you can increase your hourly rate by if you can if you can get the job done in two thirds of the time, you can actually charge the same, but get
0: more money. Yeah. So that's that's the secret of it. That's a um, that's a really good one, Stephen. And thanks for writing that one. He's from our skip bins division. Welcome. So Grant here has gone. Does Jim like pineapple on his pizza? Question mark. No,
1: I do not. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't belong in it.
0: It's no good. I agree with you. Uh, No good. Nah.
2: My son, that's my son loves old.
1: loves Hawaiian pizzas. What we do sometimes is we share a pizza. I get one which is like vegetarian and you know eggplant and all stuff, and he gets the other half which is Hawaiian. And <laughs> I don't want to touch his half.
0: Ah, it's for little kids that one. You need to grow up, I reckon, Grant. So that's one here, Rachel. Well, but maybe Grant doesn't like
1: pineapple on his pizza.
0: He's well, just I hope he doesn't. Eat. Maybe he's just doing it. Hope you don't, Grant. Hope
1: Actually, you. if I get a if I get a if I get a, a veggie pizza which I like, I'll take the pineapple off if
0: <laughs> put on. and the anchovies. Oh, I'm very similar on that one there. Yeah. So Rachel Chambers gone here with a nice question: Which modern-day leader or businessman woman would you like to sit down with and pick their brain? If you could sit down with any of them, let's say three hours and have a dinner, who would, have wanted, who would you want it to be? Um, Elon Musk, I think. Elon Musk. Yeah, right. I really admire
1: Elon Musk. Yeah. I, d- I don't know whether I, I, I'd be probably too awestruck to say much to him, <laughs> but I just I just love that guy. I think I think what he's doing and his you know, colonizing Mars and the way he's done SpaceX. I was just look there's a wonderful biography. Here. Uh, Ashley Vance about um, yep. Elon Musk and, and just, just the way they've, they've brought rocketry down, down to earth. They, 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 they're able to launch things like a third of the price of anybody else. I think what he's doing is magnificent. Um, having a lot of problems with the cars, of course. Yeah. But,
0: uh, but you do want a Tesla. You always say you want a Tesla when you get a bit more money. No,
1: no. I could yeah. afford it, t- t- I could afford <laughs> it now. But,
0: but When it comes down in cost.
1: I'm not going to pay a ridiculous amount of money. My car's worth about 6,000 so bucks. That's enough true. for me. That's when, when electric cars come down to a decent price, I'd, I'd like to get one. And I'd like to get one, and I'd, I've got on my farm, I've got um, solar panels on the roof, and we get more power than, than we can possibly use. They give us a bit of a... We don't get a rebate, but we don't pay power bills very much. I like to drive it up there, which I do quite often, power it there from solar power, and never have to pay one cent for petrol ever again. Right. That's what I would like, but I'm not going to pay 150,
0: 150 grand for a car. <laughs> but i doing it on the principle. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We've got a lot of viewers still watching, which is great. Let's know here, the comment, question, like, or even the share. We are trying to get to as much as we can. We do have Stuart Conner probably coming in another five minutes. If you've got any questions for Stuart, who's a current franchisor and has been a franchisee, leave him there. I know we've got one or two already in the feed, which we'll ask him. Now, I want to go through some tricky ones here. Now, just in the order of transparency, we had a building inspections franchisee. He went onto the live video last week, and he left a lot of questions. All right, they're probably not they're not overly positive, but I wanted to read them out just for your thoughts. Okay, so we'll just go through we'll just go through here. They're a bit long. Went they're a bit long. I tried to get them condensed down, but I think I'll read them. So one of them here, he goes, "Who owns?" So he's a building inspections. So he goes, "Who owns the website?" In my mind, the division owns the website, and the better the website performs, the more money the call center and the franchisors will be making. At the gym's Division Group, it is expected of the franchisees to pay more money towards the website SEO to grow their business from February 2019 with the reason we have to grow our business. My argument is the more I put into the website, the more leads I generate for the franchisor and the call centre. My question is strongly, do the parties making money from lead fees, are they not the owners of the website? During tonight's discussion, you were appalled that no leads come through and there's no work for franchisees. Do franchisees have to pay additional for SEO or should this already be included in the franchise fees or advertising contribution? It
1: it is included in the franchise fees. That's what you pay for as a franchisee.
0: I think one thing that's I fairly... Think to get, yeah, I think you're asked to pay extra on top of the con- well, if, extra contribution. Well, if there's
1: not enough work coming through, the franchisees can choose to pay extra Correct. if they wish. They're certainly not obliged to. Yeah. There's nothing in the contract that says you have to pay more. The thing I, but it's, it's a, it's a, you're asking, asking questions about, yeah, we all make the money. Yes, sure. If you get more work, um, I get more money. But one thing you've got to think about, if you get a job, let's just say it's worth, um, I don't know, skip in, say it's worth 200 bucks. Okay, you get 200 bucks for that minus your costs. Mm. Now, the lead fee would be, what about, skip in is about 30
0: bucks? Oh, that's building inspections. He'd be $40 in building inspections.
1: Okay, yep. sorry. So, so 40 bucks for building inspections. Yep. Your franchisor gets, um, what, uh, 85% of that? How much What's that free? It's 15%.
0: The discount should be 15. No, no,
1: no. What, what's our national fee? Uh, fi- fi- oh, around 15%. 15%. Yeah. Percent. So out of that 40 bucks, your franchise, we're going to get 15 15 comes to national, which is about six bucks, of which we get half. So we get three dollars, and the, the divisional gets three dollars. So you're making 200 bucks, we're making three bucks, and out of that three bucks, of course, we've got a lot of expenses. We spend nearly two million dollars a year on IT, for example. Mm. So it's, it's, it's kind of saying, yes, it, people often say, Jim, you've got millions, but you've got to understand that, that the margin we get is very, very small. In fact, the BRW actually rang me up because they wanted me to be in their rich 500. <laughs> and I said, you've got to be joking. <laughs> and they said, oh, we'll do it on turnover. Yeah. And I said, well, turnover doesn't really cut it. Yeah. If, if we get the best part of a billion dollars a year in turnover, but our, our, our share, that is a fraction after the franchisee gets most, the franchise all gets most of that. The divisional splits half of what's over, and this is our portion. Mm. So yes, what we what we actually do, and this is our portion. And and you know, some people think we should take all of our little thing and important advertising. We actually do things like this, and like Facebook Live, and like other kinds of things where we can we can use what we have to create a lot more interest. And I do, I do notice one thing. There was a comment somewhere I was reading this morning from one of their franchisees. Actually, it was in the, um, the franchisee survey um, that we do every year. And it was actually saying how, many, how much of an increase they'd been in leads since this book came out. Now, now, we basically did this. This cost um, you know, quite a lot of money to do it, and then there's all the public and everything else. But that's, that's how we can be helpful. Yeah. And in fact, if we took all the money that we spent on those kind of things and put them into like paying for a TV
0: campaign, you'd see about a 99% reduction in the value of what we do. And just to those playing at home, SEO stands for search engine optimization. And, and, and Andre, you're not alone. There's other divisions who they want. They do pay extra on top to have their website ranked higher for more keywords. Mm-hmm. So the higher you are in the organic search result, the more trusted a customer likes that result. So you do have to keep maintaining SEO. So it is, a, it is a long game, and you have to pay a lot of money to stay up there. And he asked another question. I'll just go, because a lot of, he wrote a really seriously longer question. I do recommend you also email. Uh, Jim or call him as well, Andre. But yeah. he says that he bought, he bought originally a territory of 40,000 households. When he requested to change the territory, he was offered a territory of 17,000 households and warned that this would go down to 10,000. That's what he was told. So let's maybe tell people about the territory and the households back Well, um, I spoke to his
1: all Cornelius, about Cornelius, this, yep. um, and, and uh, I did say to him, actually, um, well, Cornelius said he is giving him the full 40000 okay. It's just in a all different right. area. But I actually said to Cornelius, uh, he's actually got to write another contract to ask you, because there's a clause in the contract that says that if you want to change your region to a vacant region in the same region, you can do so as long as it's not larger than your existing region. So Cornelius wasn't aware of that, but it's an actual fact it's a writing contract. Yeah. So in fact, he was given the territory, the larger territory, but he actually has the right to demand it. And that's also why it's very important sometimes for franchisees who've got issues to come to me, because I know the contract very well. I've written it and rewritten it. <laughs> <Now> these <laughs> kinds of true. things that are in the contract, yeah. not all franchisors are aware of, but I could have given that advice to, yeah. if, if you've asked me, direct. Which is why Correct. one of the biggest problems we have it's funny, you know, franchisees are often so reluctant to contact me. One guy today was just saying he knows how busy I am. I said, "I'm really not. I'm happy to help you out."
0: The biggest problem we have is that people don't contact me when they should contact me. Correct, and that's a, that's exactly what I want to make the point with Andre. Just Jim is obviously this is a great platform to ask this, and that's what mm. we want to do it. But I do recommend you email him and I also call him as very, well. I am very, very easy to contact.
1: If you're a franchisee and you want to talk to me. I will answer your email fast. I will ring you. I will take your call. I never, ever, ever turn away a franchisee.
0: That's very true. And it's very valuable because it helps you, but it also helps me to understand what's going on. That's exactly right. So what I'll do is run through a couple more people who have commented on here. Great. Leave a like, comment, or question. We'll try and get to the means we can. We've got Stuart coming on in one minute. I'm going to ask one more question to Jim, then we'll get Stuart on. So Jossie Brock is from Bookkeeping up in Queensland. Another Queenslander. Welcome. Gene Stone's tuned in and said, we need... Gene from Jim's Bookkeeping up there in Queensland as well. They need more cleaners and bookkeepers in Townsville. Computers will be welcome too. Nelly everyone has gone and Jim's fencing, so much work and no one to do it, as you've heard before. So I just want to. We're, ask we're actually
1: thing. taking over the fencing division yeah, as okay. of the first. So
0: we've boarded off
1: the people who've had it and yeah. we're going to start a big push to get fencing working. So if you
0: are fencing or thinking on the edge of it, we mm. have so much work for you. Come on we're board. We're also
1: going to bring the price of the fencing franchise. They're charging a ridiculous
0: amount. We want somebody able to come in and pay $15,000 and get a business because there's so much work. There's so much work. was well, it? 6% minus 6 out of 10 jobs is on turning away. So Antti has gone, how how can you you keep your franchises consistent? For example, when McDonald's started franchising, they had a lot of people buying from them, and they had no standards of quality. How is Jim's any different, and how do you personally maintain it? Good question. Well, we we try and select people from a start, and that's important. But the main thing
1: we do is we monitor. We actually check for complaints, and we also survey customers, and about 30% respond to surveys. And I personally go through and check the surveys every day. And there's a system that uh, Joel used to be involved in with compliance that's part of the whole process whereby if a franchisee gets to a certain level of complaints, they get a warning letter. And every time they get a complaint, the franchisor should talk to them. If they continue getting complaints, they get a breach notice. So there's all this stuff going on, all these pressures and all this retraining and so forth. If they get a breach notice, they have to go back for retraining. We're actually starting a new system, and like this is, a, this is a, an advanced warning for franchisees On will come out at the end of the month. We're looking at a system whereby franchisees who've got a better rating, especially 4.6 and above, are going to get a bit of priority in terms of work. So we're constantly working on ways to improve service. And in fact, we have seen complaints come down dramatically over the years. From pre-franchise days, like 100%, 100 leads, 100 complaints. Then as a franchisee, down to 5% then down to 1.5%, then down to 1%, latest figures, 3 quarters of 1%. And I, my aim is over the next year, we've just put a full-time person on to coach franchisees on, and she's ringing up people every day to say, how can I help you to do better, and going through them. And I am
0: determined to see our complaint rate drop in half over the next 12 months. Yeah, that's a really good um, question, and thanks for that one as well. Stuart, we'll get you over. So Stuart's in the background there. He's been waiting very patiently. He's gonna, we're going to get Stuart Rainbow on. So I'll pull a chair over yeah, here. For Stuart, do you want to, to no, sit in between the middle there. All right. So, um, so Stuart is there. I've got some questions on here for Stuart. So just maybe a general introduction, Stuart, about who you are, how long you've been in gyms, and what you actually currently do
2: in your role. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me, Jim Joel. Um, so I'm now a uh, franchisor with Jim's Mountain, um, and uh, still currently a franchisee, working franchisee. Um, and I've been in the business now. I'm coming on to four years. So uh, started off as a full time franchisee. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I actually remember leaving that day, and I uh, said to my wife Beck, I said, "I'm not going to be a franchisee." <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> but, you, but you've gone pretty
0: quick because you went from four in four years. Is not that much of it. Sounds like a long time, but it's not really. You've gone from being a franchisee to now having got sixty franchisees yeah. you're responsible for under your banner now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah almost sixty franchisees. So it's. Uh, been very quick, um, very enjoyable, um, and uh, you know, every day is something new. I, I just love it. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, as soon as that phone rings, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's game on, and uh, I love the drama. Um, you love the drama, so, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's uh, it's great fun, and every day is a challenge. It's just yeah, it's terrific. I enjoy working with people as well. So. Yeah. When you uh, enjoy working with people, I think it makes your uh, your job a lot easier.
0: That's um, a, that's the main thing, yeah. yeah. So what were you doing before, Jim's? I remember we were talking off camera before. You actually do a... Um, maybe you want to tell before, Jim's. actually, what were you doing? What were you running?
2: Yeah, yeah. well, um, before I bought this business uh, from Jim, I actually had another business from Jim, which was um, <laughs> yeah. a laser strike. Laser strike. Day, and uh, mm. that used to run on-site of Marulbach. Um Used to run That's when you go around
1: with, with those guns and then you know and, and shoot them with yeah, the lasers yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's exactly great right. it's really fun
2: yeah yeah we uh, used to run it for the all the uh, the training the franchise all I get into,
1: I get business because I enjoy them but I'm not always very good at them this guy did a much better job than <laughs> I did
2: <laughs> <laughs> so excuse me yeah I did that for about uh, eleven years yeah and um, yeah had a offer on the business and uh, sort of took the money and. Uh, didn't know what to do then, didn't want to go back and work for someone and uh I said I'm gonna go and speak to Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and here so you are. That's absolutely yeah. here we are. Yeah.
0: So thanks everyone for tuning in. If you've got a question for Stuart, who's been a franchisee and franchisor leave them in the comments here. So I'll get some. I've got two here which I'm gonna go ready for you right now. So Grant's gone, Stuart, what was one of the hardest things you found starting up with gyms? Was it finding clientele, etc.?
2: Yeah. No, for me personally, it wasn't. I actually only started with five clients when I started. Um, I was out there proactive. I was knocking on doors, asking for referrals, um, you know, doing the the 1% is leaving my cards uh, in my neighboring properties in my territory. So clientele for me wasn't uh, difficult because I honestly believe if the works, the works out there if you want it. I remember going up and down the highway, um, even just, stopping in the wineries and asking them, what work do you have available? Or do you need, you know, do you need any work done? Um, by asking those questions, it just opens a can of worms. And uh, if you've got confidence in actually going out and asking people, um, when you, and if you have someone turn up the door, I mean, this brand, the Jim's brand, it's becoming an, an absolute beast. We know that. It's growing at a, a ridiculous rate. Probably one of the most recognisable brands in Australia. And uh, if you turn up, you've got the trailer in the back, you're looking presentable, you're all in uniform and you're asking for work or, you know, you see there's some work out the front. Hey, while I'm here, do you want me to give you a quote on that, uh, you know, on that bush you need pruned or that tree? Mm. They're not going to say no. Uh, yeah, while you're here, come around and have a look at the back. Fantastic. You know, hey, my name's Stuart, what's yours? Um, and that's how it starts. So uh, my first year start off with five clients um, as regulars, which um, with nothing. Quite fortunate though, I, I did sell a business before it, so it wasn't dire strikes, but uh, I ended up doing over over 90,000 that first year. Really?
0: In your first year business? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah.
0: So a lot of the stuff you're saying, I know comes from the book, but it's what <coughs> obviously in, in training as well, which is that basic stuff and actually approaching and asking. I know with Jim, in your early story as well, you used to say, go to the neighbours, oh, I've noticed you've got this, that needs doing as well. Just being proactive and actually asking yeah. and being not shy to ask as well. Yeah correct. All right, so that's a great question. So I've got a question here from... So L- you go, Well, let
1: me ask you a question. You're a franchisor now, and you're going through the... Off- the franchisees are actually giving their feedback on what they think about you. How do you feel about that? Are you, are you nervous <laughs> at all? I
2: am. <laughs> I yeah. am. You know, all... Look, I I... I wear my heart on my sleeve of what I do. I love helping the guys out. Um, they know every time I speak to them, I always finish off with saying, is there anything I can help you out with? And they'll either tell me if there is or if there isn't. Um, most of the time though, the guys we work with, we're, we're quite fortunate, <laughs> you know, and you know, Jim, the, the franchisees are they're really good guys. Yeah, guys we and girls. we've got husband and wife teams, um, and we've all got something in common. So, um, we've all got the same name, but, um, you know, it's just one, they're normally a wonderful bunch of people. I think one of the hardest things I've found is, uh, you know, when you've got someone that you know is not going to be suited, right, turning them away, Yeah, um, that's the hardest thing. But uh, Look, we're in the business of recruiting the best of the best mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and that's what we've got to do if we want to keep growing.
0: Well, Andy Stewart here has gone, to make 100k on average, how many, I don't know if that's
2: revenue or profit, on how many on average, how many hours a week would you work to make 100k? How many hours a week? Yeah. Um, well, normally I'd start about 8 o'clock in the morning at my first job and I'd probably finish around sort of 3 o'clock in the afternoon. don't like to do any more than that, especially if I've got a young family, I like to do the, the kids pick up, that sort of stuff um saturdays i did laser tag for a, a of time so i don't <laughs> like working weekends normally um i'm available all the time on the franchise.
1: how much how much you make now starting at eight working at three stopping at three how much would you be turning over now
2: uh turning over now um yeah a, a lot more than, than 90 as a franchise or absolutely maybe um yeah a lot more <laughs> a lot more we won't go into the exact figure yeah. but we'll just say a lot more and right. a lot more
0: yeah. That's a great question. So I'll run into another one here from Colin Harper who's gone, Stuart, have you had a situation where you commenced the job then found you did not have the skill
2: set for it? If so, what did you do? That's a really good question. Yeah, great question. Great question. Um, one of the best things you can you can do with the clients is be honest. Um, and it's happened before. Um, if there's a job that you can't take on, you're just better off to say, listen, I'm not going to be one of those trades that tell you I'm going to come and turn up and do the job but not turn up. Or you, if you're not going to back yourself in, you're better off to... So what I can do is I'm going to find out if there's someone else who can actually do this job this is a bit above me at the moment um, and uh, you know I'm going to make a call to the call center I'll speak to my franchise or see if there's anyone that can come out and, and actually do the job for you. If you're honest and upfront with the clients, um, they're going to think you know this is fantastic at least this guy's not yeah you know, yeah not messing me around yeah um, and, and that's what we want Don't hide anything from the clients the, the clients can smell if you're talking rubbish or not yeah. You're better off to be upfront and honest, and uh, it's going to go a long way. What well, the main it? thing is you've got to
1: find someone to do it, though. If you can, yeah. if you can follow up to the actually find somebody and introduce them, that's a lot stronger. Correct. What yeah. sometimes happens it gets clients upset is they say, somebody says they can't do it, and I see these complaints all the time, and then I'll find somebody, but nothing happens. Mm-hmm. So if you can follow up enough to make sure the client is looked after, that preserves
0: your reputation, otherwise you can get a very bad survey from the client. Yeah. Is that what you did back in the day, Jim, if you had a task, that maybe back when you were doing the contracting? Back in the early days, there might have been some things. Did you have, did, what did you do?
1: I can't remember knocking back a job, quite frankly. Right. I,
0: <laughs> he knew everything. <laughs> <laughs> you gave it a go. I don't know, yeah. I,
1: I just can't remember doing it. You know, yeah. I'd, 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 mostly I was mowing lawns and stuff, but I'd go into grass that was over my head and I'd cut it clean. I, I can't remember not being able to do anything. Yeah. And if I didn't know how to do it, I'd you find out and just
0: work it out and go and do it, like yeah. pruning or something. Mm. But you'd stay there until you perfected it, though, wouldn't you? Until, the, until you're happy with the job and then you would leave. Cause yeah. I remember there's a story where you got out the little nail nail clippers for an edging or something. Little little scissors. I remember reading a story oh. when you want to do the edges perfectly.
2: and you no, no,
1: no, no, no. What happened was that in the early days, I, I, I couldn't do the edges properly. Right, it used to frustrate me. So... It was, and that's one, that's the story about how I, I one, of, one of the first contractors I tried to buy a brush cutter. Yeah, there we are. Because that solved that problem. You can't do it because it would take you half an hour to do it with a pair of shears, yeah. with, with shears, and you can't charge that much. Right. But no, I, I was never happy with that, but nobody ever complained because nobody else could do it either.
2: Yeah. I mm-hmm. in, the when I
1: could do a job that nobody else could do properly and do the edges really perfectly, that would really help my business to go. Mm. That's a br- brush cutter is great, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's an amazing Absolutely. machine. Once yeah. you get the hang of it, once you go to use it, yep. you can do a job better than any client because they don't know how to use it. They're, they're all clumsy and it's all wonky. <laughs> yep. yep. But, but we are professionals. We know how to make that really clean
0: edge and it just looks magnificent. Correct. That was a great question, Colin. Thanks for that one there. Yep. So Christopher Kowalski's gone, Hi, Jim. I'm a 28... And Stuart. Hi, Jim. I'm a 28-year-old ambitious man seriously looking into purchasing a mowing franchise. What advice can you give for a successful one? That's good for both of you guys. Well, so You're yeah. you, you looking at buying one, the, the first thing that you want to do is
1: do your homework, and that, whether it's gyms or anything else, in other words, get a list of every franchisee in the region and ring as many as you can. If you don't get that list with contact numbers, you don't touch it, and then you ring them. Now, I can actually say something to you which might seem a little bit... Most of our franchisees, franchisors do a good job. There are some that I wouldn't buy a franchise off. Seriously, so do your homework. And, and um, there are a few are going to get breach notices as at, a at result of this survey. It was, it's going to be finishing up over the next few weeks. So do your homework, find a great franchisor, find someone that you, the other franchisees think is brilliant before you go into it. Yeah. And then you just go in there it, and buy it. And buying a franchise is very good because your chance of success is dramatically higher than as an independent. I mean, that, that's the advantage of it. I mean, I was lucky because I started part-time, so it was easier for me. And then when you go in, you just give great service.
0: What about your advice, Stuart, for, um, for him?
2: Yeah, I would also say, actually, go out on the road and actually speak to some of the franchisees as well. Find out, um, you know, what they think about in their local area. We've got, with gyms, we've, one thing I love uh, with, this, with this business and this organisation is we've got nothing to hide. So you'll find that the guys are going to be honest and upfront. like, mm. you know, you guys doing this... Sort of thing in your fifteenth week. Yeah, um, we've got nothing to hide. So go and ask the questions. Um, as Jim touched on, you know, do your do your homework. Um, also, see whether you like the job, as it's important too. When you go on the road, yeah, actually work
1: on the job. We've had people actually go out and get into business and discover it after a week or two they hate it. Yeah, <laughs> that's not very common, but it does happen. So make absolutely sure that you want to do it, that you enjoy doing it. Because I don't know about you but I, I really find mowing lawns it's a fun way to make a living yeah I still enjoy it you know I, I got got my farm and, and I dig my potato patch that to me is fun
2: yeah
1: it's a good job isn't it it is oh, you're, you're really outside disgusting.
0: you got yeah. trees you got grass you're Absolutely. physically active it's a wonderful job so make sure you enjoy what you do I think that's a good thing When we had the interview with the um the cleaning guys yesterday they said the same thing people would always go which one makes me the most money all the mm. time it's the wrong question I said what do you actually like doing yeah mm. So go out and try a few things, and that's the thing that always comes down.
1: They send the ones to me that that, that don't know what
0: franchise they want, and
1: I contact them and ask them, and they they say the same thing. They ask me which is going to make the most money. I said, no, what do you enjoy doing? Do that. Because in the end, first of all, you've got to love what you do, otherwise life's a bit of a drag.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. Secondly, you'll actually make more money doing what you love than you will doing something you don't particularly like doing.
0: And that's a common thread from all these interviews we've been doing and from Jim Sessions and Rich Stewart. It's the main thing. It's the passion first. They actually enjoy what they're doing. And the money's just the benefit. It mm. does come and it's good money. But it, the passion first and then everything else seems to I had to fly. go at
1: carpet cleaning once. And, and I'm not knocking carpet cleaning as a business. But I hated it. I just didn't like the job. Yeah. Mm. I didn't like being inside. So I just didn't like it. Eventually I sold my machine and just went off
0: and back to mowing. Yeah. That's a great question. And um, we hope if you actually you know you want to do an inquiry, 131546 or via the... My website, there'll be an inquiry form there, and then you can do a trial day and all that sort of stuff as the guys were recommending. So Sean Daly's going for a question for you guys here as well. Says, is working 10 plus hours days, six to seven days a week, worth the dollars, however much the money, or do you sacrifice the dollars for family time? So he's saying, should he work long hours for the money and then sacrifice family time, or should you work a bit less to have more family time? It's easy for me. I would never, ever sacrifice my family to anything.
1: Yeah. There's yeah, a saying that goes, no other success can compensate for failure in the home. And I have
2: never, ever, ever would sacrifice my family to business. No, correct. Uh, the first rule we have as well, your first, in you yeah. our household, is your family comes first, uh, and then work, um, you know. But if you know what you're doing, yeah. you can
1: make very good money without working ridiculous hours. Mm. I don't work ridiculous hours. I don't know how many hours a week I work. My wife says I workaholic. I think I'm lazy, but the fact of the <laughs> matter is, I can't pick up my kids. Like I took, I drove my kids to school this morning. I actually went and picked up my daughter from piano practice and then I went out and had dinner with my family at our local pizza restaurant. And I only got back with two minutes to spare, which, which got people here a bit worried. But, yeah,
2: but that's, that's what I was doing, that's my yeah. day. Do you know, i got a franchisee, and uh, at the moment, just on that, with, with your own time and choosing what you want to do with your hours. He's got uh, 80 or 90 regulars, and, and he works three days a week. Wow. And he'll go fishing the other two days. And, and and but that's what he's happy to do. Yeah. You know? And and the rest of the time he's with his family mm-hmm. on the weekend. So, it's a, yeah, it's a personal thing. I
1: Which think one of the great doing? things about having your own business too is it's flexible. Oh, yeah. It's not nine to five. You don't go to a place and work there. You can do what you like. Yeah. So I'll be answering emails until ten o'clock tonight and so forth. But that's fine. Mm. But I was doing other things that mattered during the day when I wanted to do them. And I find that a great way to live. I'll I'll I'll, I'll take calls, I'll take emails anytime, seven days a week. I don't really mind. If anyone wants to contact me, they often contact me at the weekend franchises will ring me at the weekend because they can't get into their franchise or and they want some help and I say, okay, that's what you
2: do. Yeah, well I've been surprised when you've rang me
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> so what's that, average, but, but what's that's fun. I, I love that I love that kind of life. Yeah. I love the life mm-hmm. mixed in. Yeah. And and uh, and where there's no sharp distinction between business. And when I'm at home with my wife, we talk about business half the time anyway, so it's <laughs>
0: So what's your average week actually look like now then? What's your actual week look like now in terms of hours, or in terms of like, do you have watch your routine in the week now?
2: Yeah, so Monday starts, right. and uh, nine o'clock, and the, the franchisees will know, I, I, I call them. Yeah. And uh, I call most of my franchisees weekly. Some of the guys that have been around for 10, 15, 17 years, don't always need to be speaking with them weekly, or I'll ask them, how often do you want to hear from me, and they'll, they'll let me know, yeah. or uh, contact me if there's any problems. but. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll start making calls. Uh, just check in with the guys, um, see if there's any issues or anything I need to know about. Yeah. Um, you know, touch base with them um, and and just sort of go from there. Uh, at the moment, I've got uh, three young kids, so I've got a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. Wow. Uh, That'd be big. Yeah, so still, we're almost out of nappies. Yeah. Um, so uh, my wife Beck, who also works in the call centre, she uh, we sort of rotation with uh, days in and out, but. Uh, I'm quite fortunate and quite blessed with this job because I can, uh, you know, work from home if I need be or, you know, look after the kids and we can rotate around in this uh, crazy busy time of our lives. Mm. Um, but, you know, the, normally the week, uh, once the phone rings, it's game on, you Yeah. Know? and uh, Jim, you would know, once the emails start, you just, whatever comes up, you deal with it and move on. And uh, it could deal with a, an inquiry from someone that's interested in joining the business. Uh, it could be from a complaint. Um, it could be trying to, uh, you know, get Jim to see our point of view to get rid of a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> maybe tell people about it, that. Out, about it doesn't always year. work, does yeah. it? Yeah. No, no, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> so maybe, maybe tell people about that, how the complaints maybe work, how you have to escalate into Jim and then yeah. you have to go with Jim. Well, and Maybe tell people a bit okay, about yeah. that. Okay,
2: yeah, so um, what normally happens is, not, well, the, uh, obviously the franchisee will receive a complaint either from a, a survey or, um, you know, they'll in the call center. Uh, And then the franchisee will contact the franchisor, or the franchisor will contact the franchisee. And um, they will obviously give their opinion on on the matters. Franchisor, generally, and what I do is I'll actually contact the client for their uh, opinion as well. Um, The franchisor actually has to be, you know, the man in the middle. They're the referee, really. And uh, we can't get rid of complaints. I wish we could. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one person... You wouldn't get, get a lot of complaints. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one person Very true. That can yeah. get rid of complaints. So uh, we go groveling. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Jim will, uh, you know, he's, we all know what he's like with customer service and yeah. uh, he's... Uh, so
1: I, I say, Stuart, where's the proof? You Thank say you. they rang the client. Okay, I want the evidence of the... If they, the client said they didn't contact them, I want the evidence, proof of the phone call, and I also want the text that they sent to yes. follow it up. Yes. Now if you don't send me the text. <laughs> One's never enough. One's never <laughs> enough. Because it's in the manual. Yeah, that's right. Because if you manual. just ring the client yeah. and leave a message, they won't get it. So you have to follow up with a text. Hey, hi there, this is this is Stuart. Mm. Just called you about the lawns. <laughs> yes. Please give me a ring
2: back on the phone note. If you do that, you're covered. That's right. And also make sure, is you're leaving notes. Ring the call center. <laughs> Jill, Beck, sorry, but ring the call center. Leave notes. And if you send, and help? if you send a quote,
1: if you email a quote, again, follow up with a phone call or a text. If you do that, you're fine.
2: Correct. Yeah. So
1: correct. little things like that, actually, just doing. So what what I'm doing is actually trying to encourage, because because they still ring me, they'll still contact me and say, oh, you know, he didn't put a text in, but can you give them a go? Yeah. And I say, well, the client's not happy because yeah. you didn't yeah. text them. Yeah. So learn the job next time. So I am pretty hard.
2: Definitely isn't the manual because Jim's told me that about half a dozen times. So. <laughs> they still try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. The, the reason why I want to mention this to you guys is just because a question we get a lot of the time from franchises and even from customers. There's obviously new players from digital disruptors coming in, like Airtask or Hirepages, whatever. Yep. But cheap the reason, why, cheap and ask. But the reason why I want to point this out is that process of what you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. That sort of, that back-end process after the job's been done to keep the customer happy is so onerous, Absolutely. there's so much that goes into it, yep. complaints are not taken lightly at all. You've got the CEO of the company who's dealing with the franchisor yep. about complaints on a daily basis It happens. Yep. I'm telling you now, whoever's putting their seed funding to push high pages along at Fairfax or whoever it is, hmm. they're not doing that.
2: Well, I think that's another down. reason why um, the, the, the brand is growing, because there should be an avenue for complaints, Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to happen with all... You know, when you've got humans involved, there's always going
1: to be... I do, I do delete multiple complaints a day. Yeah. For example, if, if, if you were to ring up the client and say, why did you give them a two-star rating? Oh, it was just an outrageous price. That's okay. I'd trust you. you tell me it was price, and I'd change it to a price.
0: Yeah. And it takes off the star rating. So yeah. I would change them. I'm happy to do that.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's, a great, that's, that's just why I want to hit on that again, because as I said, the post-sale process, if there is an issue... You've got the owner, CEO of the company, you've got mm. Stuart Fruit, for example, as the franchisor, dealing with the customer and the franchisee to get everything sorted. So a question here, I'll run through, and um, thanks everyone for tuning in, there's still great oh, viewers. Can I just numbers. say something yeah. about
1: this? Fra- Franchisees often get very upset about complaints, and they often say to me, you're not really caring about me right. because you're stressing me by not refusing to delete this complaint. And I said, yes, but if I took off every complaint that a franchisee objected to, what would happen is they'd be happy But the standard of service would go down, the leads would go down, and hundreds of franchises would get stressed by not having enough income. Mm. And as we've tightened our levels of customer service, and as the complaint rate genuinely has dropped, so the volume of leads has increased. Mm. So the proportion of franchises reporting good income has increased. So it's always easy to let the franchisee, and that's why, in a sense, the franchisors are softies because you're close to your franchisees.
2: Because
1: <laughs> you always want to keep them happy.
2: Yeah. We love our franchisees. Yeah.
1: But my, I've got to look at it from the point of view of the whole business, that if I start taking off complaints to keep franchisees happy, I know what's going to happen.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Service will drop, leads will drop, income will drop. And it's no, nothing more stressful than you can't feed your family mm. or you can't pay your
0: mortgage. That's stress. Absolutely. And complaints and surveys are always the hottest topic, I think, they're always mm. the most conjecture around them. There's always you know, proposals to get questions changed and everything else, but it's the same mantra everything which Jim says is those standards, we can't have them dropping. No.
2: Correct, the, 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 one, the one major thing that I don't like with, com- with the complaints is when you get a client that says, I'm, you know, they've had a bad experience, yep. and then they throw the whole gyms under the bus. Yep. They go, I'm mm. never gonna use gyms again. Well, that's why we have this process. And I have I have
1: read that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times and it's always distressing. Yeah. It's not and it really it 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 hurts me because I know it's hurting my franchisees. And even though I mean ultimately my number one customer is my franchisee. They're the most important clients for us. They're the ones we're most short of. But to look after them they have to look after customers. And that's that's the hard truth of it. You can't be nice all the time. And and franchises sometimes want to be nice, don't you, Stuart? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, he's uh, going to get he's going to get rated, and he's going to get an award of some kind. We hope,
2: hope gold. So, yeah. What are you going to
0: give
1: a gold, platinum?
0: That'd oh, be nice. You go, for, you go for diamond? Yeah. yeah, I hope
2: so. It'd be nice. Yeah.
0: But what you're saying goes to the same for unservice leads as well. Because if a customer tries to get a job through gyms and they can't, it's unserviced They're not likely <clears> going to come back to us, which is why you've done the whole the goblets and the now gyms plus mm. sort of thing as well. Yeah. So well, I got a really today.
1: savage comment from a client. He yeah. said, you're so arrogant that you're knocking back work. What's wrong with you? I do not care to run a business. You're knocking me back as a client.
2: Mm.
0: He's called us arrogant. Like, what are we supposed <laughs> to do? We haven't got enough franchisees. Yeah.
2: Can you come and help us?
0: Exactly right. So that's the um, yeah, unservice leads and that. But I just want to make that clear for the guys. And it's good to hear this because. Um, and when, when the clients complain about it to me, I just say, well, how would you like a franchise? Because we've got so much work. <laughs> that's very true. So I'll I mean, leave it with a question here. Yeah. Come here, exactly right. One three one five four six. on the website. So Shane Armstrong's gone. Hey Jim, have you ever any thoughts on what your next book's going to be about? I'm writing a book right now about franchising. Yeah. About all the scumbags in the
1: franchising <laughs> industry, and there's some real, real bad ones. And about why the law should be changed to protect franchisees. There's a whole stack of ways that things sh- should be done. The franchising code is pathetic, absolutely pathetic. It's a, it's a breeding house for lawyers and and. Tax accountants and stuff, it's its garbage. There are a lot of things that could be done to protect franchisees, like having full disclosure, like like universal franchisee surveys displayed up front to any prospect. Like the right for franchisees to walk away and go independent. We just charge four grand. You want to go independent, most will overcharge you as 4,000. Everybody should be able to do that. Protecting franchisees with sites against unreasonable um, Escalation in in rents, for example. You know, we actually give our franchisees the right to veto changes to the manual. Why shouldn't franchisees have those kinds of rights? Mm. So there's just basic stuff that we've been doing in gyms
0: successfully for thirty years that we think should be the law of the land. If you've got any stories, you can email Jim directly on that. Yes, and um, that's we know we want we want actually. Yeah, Jim at gyms.net. Just
1: tell me if you've got any stories about people being ripped off by franchises. We want to do a real expose of that, like a big public stink. And trying to persuade the, the government to change. I've actually spoken to every inquiry I can, and told them what they need to do, and they completely ignore me, as, as
0: you'd expect. Yeah, you see that. You see, see that just too, just too, um, too political, too much inaction. There's a lot of obviously big business involved. There's a lot of private. Oh sorry. Yeah, the publicly listed chains. Mm-hmm. You have all these big and the franchisors are going to say, "Oh, you can't do that; it'll ruin us." Well, I tell you what, it doesn't ruin us. We've been very
1: successful mm-hmm. following these principles. All we want to do is to say, "Why don't you make it the law of the land
0: that you should protect franchisees the way that Jim's Group does?" What are you? Stuart? Do you have any thoughts on that? The, obviously, there's an inquiry and stuff like that. What would you see any changes maybe to the law or anything like that?
2: Absolutely. I mean, we're the the biggest franchise group in in the southern hemisphere. Yeah. Um, I don't I, I don't know why they're not. Um, Looking at us more, yeah. Um, we're number one for a reason, um, for you know our customer service and for our you know the franchisees. I tell when guys join the business, and the franchisees should know this that this business is actually set up purely for the franchisees. You know, that it's a a misconception out there. When I meet with some people, they think that you know we take a percentage and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate it, yeah. not the way it works, you know, we don't make you buy. Uh, your, your equipment from your franchise, or we mm-hmm. don't make you, we don't get a percentage of your income. This is the fairest franchise system. That you're going to see, and you know, um, I know there's a big thing going on at the moment with RFG, mm. that sort of stuff. But uh, whoever's doing, you know, the inquiries, so they they you know, obviously need to take it seriously. But I imagine Jim's going to have some pull with it anyway. But uh, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I know that's um that's a massive concern because I obviously read a lot of the social stuff. And when the current affairs story come out of Jim, you at the same point you would see these independents: why why pay someone else and make them rich, go yourself, independent, all this sort of stuff. But the data shows you're silly to go into de- as an independent and start up by yourself rather than having a franchise. I'm not saying use gyms, but if it would be a franchise, if it's a good franchise system, they give you that much of a head start in business. Mm-hmm. I know, it's, I know, with the rate we, right, we sort of. up how many guys in your first year have you seen not do well Yeah, not not
2: many. Not many. Obviously, one or two yeah. gone down with, you know, but that's just due to their own. Uh, it's a bit of attrition rates. There's this, yeah. a, there's this American
1: Cleaning Association. I forget the actual thing, but you look it up on the yeah. website. And they estimate that 60% of cleaning businesses fail in their first year. Well, the figure for gyms is 10%. I think it
0: was more than that. It was more than 60. Oh, yeah. I think it was like 90 or something. No, no it wasn't that. it. Was it 90? I think, uh, what right. happens was 90. No, I'm thinking it
1: was about 60%. But that's
0: not... one <laughs> that article.
1: That's, but that's how, that's how a franchise... and it's not just us too. I mean, a, any decent franchise system means that you've got a much better chance of surviving because you get the training and the help and the extra work to begin with. Mm-hmm. So cool. from that point of view, it's a good
0: idea if you can afford it. Yeah, that's a good one. And one more here before we let Stuart go. Jared Bywaters has gone, Stuart, are you planning on expanding your current regions? So, you maybe do want to tell people you've got two regions. You don't have just one, you have two. <laughs> so, saying maybe you're Jared, expanding on one of my, uh, my friends. disease. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: you got. Uh, look, absolutely, mate. Uh, you know, like yourself, when you run a business, you always just want to continue to grow. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to continue to grow.
0: What should you have like a goal in mind in terms of numbers, or maybe by the end of the year, or maybe? Sort of, what's your ideal sort of, or you just don't know, because, you know, you wouldn't have said you were in this position four years ago.
2: That's right, yeah, we'll just have to, uh, wait and see. Wait and see. What, 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 what comes up, up, you know, I don't know, we'll just wait and see, we'll just, I'm happy doing the franchise all role at the moment with this, and, uh, you know, if opportunities come up, we'll so be it, but, uh, You never know, you yeah. might start a new division one day. <laughs> you never know, that'd be nice, yeah, so, um, we'll, we'll wait and see, but, yeah. uh. Jared's going well. He's uh, a great little franchisee and he's... Uh, which territory is in Jared? Which territory? He's in Croydon. He's in Croydon, yeah, right. Yeah, and he's going to uh, go Good from area. strength to strength, that guy. So uh, he's, he's a real battler and uh, I've backed him in in a big way. So I wish you all the very best, Jared.
0: That's cool. And thanks everyone for tuning in at the moment. So let's award these books now, Jim. So obviously we do it at the end of every show. Um, which one do you want to give this one to, Jim? Well,
1: quick. not surprising. I like the question about Churchill. But so that's, really Sharon. that's Sharon. <laughs> that's Sharon, Sharon, that one. Okay. Yep.
0: And there's a lot of good questions here. Oh, yeah, Sharon. So for Sharon, oh, DM, DM well, we obviously will have you addressed anyway, but DM has your details just to make sure, and I will post it out to you. Now, Stuart, was there any question that you liked in particular that you can remember off the top of your head, or...? Uh, for you? No, for you. Yeah, less for this one here. So oh. there was anything that you like, maybe, or that you can remember? Maybe one for you. Um, I'm trying to think here what was one for you. Let me have a look here. Just going down the feed here, guys. Sorry, seeing these questions. I'll go this one from Grant. He's a new viewer. Um, he says, "Well, it was one of the hardest things you found starting with Jim's finding yeah. clientele." So I'll yes. go for that one, Grant. What and um, you uh, DMs your details. So can you sign that one to Grant there then as well, please, Jim? So that's for Grant. And um, we'll get that one out to you as we scroll down here. Oh, you've been shooting regularly, Grant. Thanks for that comment. So thanks everyone for watching tonight. Uh, thank you for Stuart for coming along. This thank was really help. good, actually. It was great to have a bit of different sort of. Rather than just me and Jim all the time sort of going on, it's good to have someone else on here. If you want a, another franchise or something on Division or whoever it else is, let us know in the comments. Like this, share it, leave your questions here. We got through a lot tonight, and next week we'll do it again, same time. Um, hashtag Jim's Logo Comp is still going. Head to Jims.net, use the logo generator. And also remember that Jim is on all the social channels. There's a lot of good advice on those. So if you go to the YouTube channel Punching Jim's Group, there's a lot of series called Success in Business with Jim. It's an awesome video series. I highly recommend it and also at The Jim Penman on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And we also have, hopefully, the podcast, The Jim's Cast, going to be coming out this Friday. So we had a question, a comment in there about making these available so franchisees can listen in their headphones. So they will be in podcast version. So Yeah, so that was a really good question. So we'll have around 15 of these as podcasts. We'll also have a lot of the long-form interviews that we do with the franchisors, for example, available as podcasts as well. But thank you for everyone for watching again. It was really, really good and um, we hope to see you again next time from eight to seven o'clock, Australian Eastern Standard Time by the Gyms Group page. Thanks again to Stuart and thank you to Jim. It was really nice and different tonight and we appreciate everyone for tuning in. So, see you next time. Thank you for listening to that episode of the Cast on the Gyms Network. If you want to see more of this type of content, make sure you let us know by following at Penman on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn and also all the Gyms Group stuff on the various platforms. Also head to the Gyms Group YouTube channel and give us a subscribe, there's some great content there. Leave us some comments or questions about what you maybe want us to do on the show next and we'll try and do that. Also head to gyms.net and you can learn more about Jim there. We hope to see you next time.